0: He'd bring kids to our home because he had to lock up their parents in jail because they were fighting, because they were drunk. And so every morning when we'd get up, we'd have our oatmeal every morning or cream of wheat. and It was just a little bit more watery because my mom would make it spread for our visitors during the night.
1: Good day. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, who you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. On today's program, we'll hear the rest of Chimewavy Elder Harriet Hinman's story as she shares about her journey of faith and the special friends she met along the way.
0: We went to a uh, a school where there weren't very many Indian children that went there because most of the kids on the reservation went off to boarding schools. They either went to Riverside, California, or they went to um, Nevada, or they went to the Apache Reservation. They had boarding schools there, and that's where they went. But our parents went ahead and let us try the bus route, so we went down to Kingman, and, and we were the Indians from the reservation, and uh, we were treated that way, too. We were treated as uh, lesser than sometimes, like we didn't really matter. We didn't stay too long riding that bus. My parents heard of a Christian school in the northern part of Arizona, and so my mom and dad decided to send us there so that we would be able to get a good education, not have to ride the bus, and and not have to... Uh, face all that we had to face during the reservation. Life on a reservation was fun for me as a child. But one thing I remember is my dad being the police officer, many nights I'd wake up in my bed and he'd bring two other kids that'd be in my bed with me or with my sister or whatever. He'd bring kids to our home because he had to lock up their parents in jail because they were fighting, because they were drunk. And so every morning when we'd get up, We'd have our oatmeal every morning or cream of wheat, and it was just a little bit more watery because my mom would make it spread for our visitors during the night. We didn't have much. We had what we needed, but we didn't have what we wanted. And so our parents decided to send us off to school. But there was a lot of different Indian children that went there, and there were some white students as well. And we went to school together, and it was a very um, disciplined life. I mean, we'd get up at the bell, and the first thing we were supposed to do was have quiet time, which is when they told you to read your Bible and and pray. Well, you know, some of us did and some of us didn't, but we had to be quiet anyway. At the age of 14, they were going to have a revival there, so they invited this, I believe he was a Pima Indian, to be the speaker at that revival. And so he came, and everybody had to go, so we went there to the chapel, and uh, he was preaching. And I remember that one night he was preaching. He was talking about Jesus, and he said, Jesus loved us. He died for us and wanted to be our friend, that he was God's son. Well, I knew about God, and I heard stories about Jesus, but somehow it didn't connect till this preacher was preaching. I knew Jesus was God's son. Uh, I'd been taught that he loved us, but it, those were just words. Maybe you've heard that. You heard about God or you heard that Jesus loves you, but it hasn't connected. Well, that's the way it was with me. I sat there and I listened, but the one word that stood out, that pierced, that just went in like an arrow into my heart was when he said, Jesus wants to be your friend. The word friend is what stood out to me. A friend, a real friend. Because remember, I told you, when we lived on Ron Reservation, we only spoke English. When we lived on the Wallapai Reservation, we still spoke English. We didn't have, or I didn't have, those close friends. My dad was a police officer, so people didn't really communicate to us because they were afraid we'd go tell our dad. But one thing they did do is they would tell him when we misbehave. They didn't have a problem doing that. But anyway, so this word friend stuck out. He talked and described Jesus again about how he was God's son, about how much he loved us, and how he died for every one of us. And as he was talking, he was telling us about sin. He said, sin is disobedience to God. And I sat there when he said the word disobedience. He says, when you don't obey him. When you tell these little lies, he said, when you when you don't obey, when you're told to do something and you talk back or you just do things the way you want to do it. And I sat there and I thought, oops, that's me. I was, you know, I thought about that and I thought he's talking to me now. But he said that Jesus wanted to be our friend. And all we had to do was ask him to come into our hearts, to ask him to forgive us for our disobedience, the things that we did wrong. And so as he was talking, he talked also about that Jesus is God's son, how he died for us on the cross because there was all the sin in the world and that the same sin that was there when he died is still here today and we have it when we don't have God in our lives, when we don't have Jesus. He talked about that. Then he talked about if we don't Invite Jesus into our heart. He said we would go, if we died, we would go to a place called hell. And then he described hell. He described it as a place of loneliness, darkness, being by yourself, torment, pain. He described it, and I thought about that. thought about what he said. But again, the word that stayed in my heart was friend. He said, you know, if you ask Jesus into your heart, you can talk to him any time, day or night. You can just talk to him like you talk to anyone else. You can talk to him and he'll listen to you. He'll, he'll listen to what you have to say, he said. And he said, not only that, he said, but as your friend, he will never leave you. He will stay with you all the days of your life. And even after you leave here, he will be waiting for you. He said, you know, he said, you'll never have a friend like him. And I thought about my Indian people, you know, when they would go into Kingman. My mom's tribe, the Wallapais, only two or three could go in the store at one time. They wouldn't let a whole bunch of Indians in because we were Indians and they didn't trust us. But when the Indians, the tribe, when they sold their cattle, then the doors were wide open, you'd go in because you had money. They would let you come in and spend your money. But until they had a cattle sale, you couldn't just walk in the store. You could only go in two or three at a time. And I thought about that. I thought, wow, if Jesus was a friend of the Wallafi's, they could go in the store anytime they wanted. No one could stop them. That was my way of thinking. I was pretty scared, but I thought about that. I thought, I need a friend like Jesus. I need someone I could talk to, someone that would listen to me, someone I wouldn't have to be afraid of telling about my hurts my disappointments. And I thought about all that. And then I thought about Jesus. And I thought about the love that he had that this man was talking about. And so after he finished talking, he said, if you want Jesus to come into your heart and be your friend, all you have to do is ask him. Ask him to forgive you of your sins, of your disobedience. Let him know you believe in him, that you believe that he is God's son. That he is, died for you. That he loves you and he wants you to be able to talk to God. And that's the way he put it, real simple. And I thought, boy, I want that. I needed that. I knew it because, like I said, my heart was just like a bunch of arrows going into it. But I also knew fear. I put the hand, my hands on the pew in front of me and I was holding on for dear life. And I was trying not to cry because I was sitting with my best friends. So I held on to that pew and then that music started. And I held on even tighter and I was trying my best not to cry. Finally, I just let go of the pew and I stood up and I started walking. And I was crying. And I went up to where this preacher was and I told him, I want Jesus in my heart. He said, okay. And he knelt down with me. And he showed me in the Bible what I was doing. He said, I want you to remember, Harriet, that this is what God says for you. So that when someone tells you that you don't have Jesus or tries to make you think that Jesus isn't with you, you can point to the Bible and you can show, yes, it says it right here. Jesus loves me. He said, so he showed me that. And I was crying and I was praying and asking God to forgive me for the mean things I did, the lies I told, the pranks I played on people. At that time at the altar, I remember when I was in Peach Springs, the missionaries, I remember when they tried to tell us about Jesus, I remember the kids would pick up these little rocks and kind of throw them. Not hit them, but throw them at their car or whatever. And I remember we used to do a lot of things like that, trying to see if they'd get angry, trying to see if they were really as loving as they said they were. And you know they were. They never really raised their voice to us. They just smiled at us. And that was something I didn't understand. So when I was there on my knees, I asked God to forgive me for being mean to the missionaries on the Wallapai Reservation. And as I start praying, I realized how much I had done in disobedience. And when I got up, I knew Jesus was in my heart. I knew, without a doubt. I was so happy. It was like everything was just taken away. It's hard to explain. But it was a joy that I have never known Now, I've been happy about Christmas presents, the few that we got, but this was better than that. I just felt so different. And then the preacher said, stand over here, hear it. So I did. And then I remember I was just so happy, but I didn't look around because I thought, oh, my. Then the I started thinking, oh, people are seeing me up here crying. (laughs) So I didn't look around. I just had my head down. And then after the music stopped, the preacher said, Okay, folks, we have a lot of decisions tonight and I'm going to introduce them to you and you let them know that you're happy for them. So he called out the names, he called up my name, and then he started calling out my best friends, Margaret, a Hopi Indian, and Timmy, a Cherokee, and Emmett, a Navajo. We were all up there and I thought I was the only one that had let go of the pew. And I turned around and we looked at each other and we were all crying and we just hugged and We're all happy and talk about a gathering of nations.
1: What a wonderful story. Can you see that little gathering of nations? You know, the Bible talks about a gathering of nations that will happen one day. And I plan to be there. Not because of any good that I've done, but because I have accepted Jesus' invitation to come. Did you know He wants you to be there too? And you can be if you'll simply put your trust in Jesus Christ. That's the heart of our God. He has made a way for all to come. And because of that, one day a song of honor will be sung to Jesus. Listen to the words. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. My friend, it's true. Jesus shed his blood so that all nations could be saved from judgment and be with him forever. Will you be a part of that great gathering? If you have any questions or comments or would like a copy of today's program, write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. We're also online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there are more amazing stories to tell, so be sure to join us again next time
0: as we listen to The Storyteller.